every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. It's time for What's Going On. We check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. And, uh, you know, big news, big opinions. Uh, uh, David Locke, when he breaks down what's going on in the NBA so well, which is where we're about to start. And just to set this up, Gordon, this is something you and I have talked a lot about, uh, the the process to get the NBA back started and how kind of complex that that uh, really is. And I thought David, when he came on today, uh, really made a very compelling case on why we are going to have NBA basketball at the end of December. Let's let's go ahead and give that a listen. Uh, I think we're starting December 22nd, and I think Michelle Roberts is doing a wonderful job of representing her players right now, and I think my guess is that every agent is on the phone to their players explaining to them the cost of not starting December 22nd, and she will have represented her players perfectly and saying we're not going to be bullied into this and we're not going to get forced into this, and we understand LeBron doesn't like it, um, but <laughs> we also understand that taking um, 35% of our money in escrow is really not appealing. Do we under? Do you guys know the? I mean, I'm sure you do. Let me just bring it up. Just in, so here's the big thing. So no differently than your mortgage, the NBA owners can take escrow from the players, and it's a it's a negotiated thing. That that's the that's really for all the other discussions. This is the item that will is gonna is what the collective bargaining agreement has to agree upon to play next year. And what it is is the amount of money that the NBA owners take from the players and put in a pot in case revenue numbers don't match. Now, there have been years, actually, where the players got an escrow check back that the revenue vendors, and they all got like you know pretty substantial checks at the end of the year for an extra 5% of their salary. I think escrow is usually somewhere between 5 and 8% in the NBA or something like that. The key thing here is the owners cannot claw back money they've already given you. So if the escrow is set at 25% and revenue is down 35%, there's nothing the owners can do to get that money back. So if the players play on December 22nd, the escrow number that they're going to get is going, the number will be, this is why we're playing December 22nd. When the players say, okay, we don't want to play December 22nd, the league says, that's totally fine. We understand. We feel for you. We understand you're so tired, and we got it. That's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Our TV partners are just going to be upset, but we'll deal with it. And, oh, by the way, your escrow is 40%. When the league says, hey, when the players' union does exactly what they've done, Michelle Roberts has done her job perfectly. We're really tired. We don't really want to play. Our main guys don't want to play. And all this. And... The league says, hey, you know what? If you play, we'll hold the escrow at 15% or 20%. They play. They play. Yeah, yep. sure. That's an, it's but that's what's going to happen. That, that, mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. And so what's going on right now is the players are saying, I don't want to play. It's too soon to do it. Or LeBron saying that. Mm-hmm. And then, and Chris Paul. 
And then the agents are now talking to, I'm certain of this, I don't know it for a fact, I haven't talked to an agent, but the agents are talking to every one of their players like, hey, by the way, so you make $5 million and like your general expenses of just like agents and trainers and other things is 500000 so that takes you to four point five. And then the government takes about 30% of that, so that takes you to three. And oh, by the way, if we have escrow at 40%, they're taking another two. So you actually have a million dollars now on your $5 million contract you're living off. <laughs> Over 25 for payments. So you're actually getting like $40,000 a payment instead of 160 on each of your checks. You good with that? Oh, December 22nd seems all right. Yeah, I thought so. We'll make that work. Yep. We'll make that work. So we're playing December 22nd. I'll be flabbergasted if we're not playing December. If we're not playing December 22nd, don't cry. I could give you some doomsday fear. If we don't have an agreement by Friday to play December 22nd, I could get really scared. Well, that's no good. Yes, that is no good. But I like David's optimism right up until the very end there. So keep well, an eye on on Friday as a date. But I I thought he laid out the the case while while uh, that we will see basketball on December twenty second very very well. well. David's a numbers guy, not me. But uh, I uh, you know his his calculation there at the end was he when he said you get forty thousand instead of one hundred and sixty was he accounting for the same deductions that he did on the first calculation on the second one. I only heard one calculation. What are you talking about? Uh, as far as you know, taking away from the agent and the taxes and the and and everything else. I mean, yeah, and like twenty five. Those, those those same deductions are taken away from the regular paycheck as well. Right, but then you knock uh, an additional forty percent off of it. He's talking well, about yeah, he's talking they, about liquid cash in your pocket. Right, but he's saying it's forty percent uh, uh, if you don't play, and it's fifteen or twenty percent if you do. Right. Exactly. That makes a difference from 160 to 40. Uh, basically, yeah. I don't know how that how, that, that that doesn't add up. Because it's over know. 25 pay periods. Yeah, but I thought that that's what he was talking but anyway. about for each pay. But it the, doesn't matter. The point is that it'll be uh, financially punitive to the players if they don't start early, and so or at least early. By what they consider, but that's the owner's leverage right there. Right. That's that's uh-huh. what the owners have to bring to the table to encourage the players to do something that they don't want to do. And I have sympathy for him. I, I get you know you know me. I don't like uh, necessarily being nice to LeBron, but I get why he would not want to be in a real hurry to be back by the end of de- uh, December. 100%. Well, LeBron LeBron makes more money from uh, away from his contract uh, with the Lakers than he does right. with it. But I don't. But but LeBron's not, you know, your average NBA right. player, exactly. and so it, it really. And that's what a union's supposed to do: is look out for that average NBA player, uh, look out for all their players, actually. Um, so I I I think what David says right there. I hope that's what comes to pass. I hope. Well, most that, of the players weren't even playing late, like the Lakers were. Right. You know? I exactly. Mean, it's not that quick. When, when was the Jazz's last game? Do you remember? Oh my goodness, no! Sorry to put you on the spot. I don't. I don't recall either. No, but, the days all run together too. I don't even. What yeah. month was it? Um, but they, but they've been they've been away from it for a while, and so it's it it, it's, it affects the Lakers more than the Heat more than anybody else. Right. It it does. And and here's the thing: what I I hope the the rationale that everybody comes to is, hey, this stinks. It stinks for everybody, and so we gotta we gotta figure out 
the the best way to pull it off because there's a lot on the line, not only for the players and owners, but of course all, all the people employed uh, by the business of sport, you know, uh, the business of basketball. So I think it's it's really important that if a solution can be uh, settled upon, that that it, it happens. It happens sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah, a problem with them starting early would be. I, I think their crowds, uh, their buildings will have to be limited in a major way. And if they waited, uh, I don't know how much it would improve, but it's certainly not going to be improved to a to a, 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 a terrific point by December 22nd. I think we're pretty sure about that. Well, and, so, and so which, they're which, missing out on that. Which makes it even more important that they play more games because they have fewer people in the arena. They, they you know. By the unless way, think, if you, unless if you postponed it for a while, if if that would improve situ- the situation, I don't know, and maybe nobody knows at this point. I'd be curious, and and since we've had some sports with limited fans across the country, I'd be curious to know, like in in L.A. for example, where the Laker, Lakers tickets are already a hot commodity. You know, if there's only ten percent of fans allowed in the building or whatever, do, does the team up the price of the ticket, or does the secondary market go nuts? Because all of a sudden you're making uh, you're making supply very very limited. Yeah, I boy, I, I don't. I it would be tough for the Lakers to gouge their fans that way. I think. Well, I don't think Wouldn't it'd be it? tough for the Lakers because they do it already. But I mean, you're more <laughs> you're you're more reasonable sized markets. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see because yeah, the the teams want to make up the revenue certainly, but they don't want to come off with the the PR message of we don't care about our fans. We're just here to to maximize our our uh, pricing potential. I bet that that I bet that's a conversation that that is going to go right to the top. Well, a conversation I would normally have would be it would be asking the question about okay, let's flip it the other way. How many people want to go to games under these circumstances, but then I hear about parties in Provo with 10,000 people showing up. So so maybe maybe there's enough people out there who are unconcerned about certain aspects to this pandemic that uh, that they they wouldn't be concerned about whatever the whatever the measures would be. Well, maybe place. they there are people who think if uh, you limit the attendance, you're you're taking away a lot of the risk. I don't know. Yeah. I I think they'd have no problem selling the tickets that they're going to be allotted. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Well, I don't I don't know that for a fact. I guess we'll uh, we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know how many how many fans are going to be allowed in, but uh, you know, I I don't think whatever they let uh, go into the BYU game last week. I mean, I don't think they had a problem selling those tickets. But that's a percentage of a. I mean, if you have if you have a sixty three thousand seat stadium, and you sell six thousand tickets, then obviously that's a tenth of what it normally would be able to do. So a tenth of the arena uh, where you are right now. It'd be about two thousand, right? Which uh, you're right that that would be. Uh, imagine if there are enough people out there who would feel safe. That's uh, that would be probably a hot ticket, I imagine. And I am not the great Dr. Angela Dunn, but I would think you could spread two thousand people in this building out pretty good. Yeah, I I don't know. I'd leave that to the uh, to those who do know. Um, all right, we'll have – oh, let's get to uh, DJ and PK. They had Dylan Colley on, who's a weekly guest with them and has been very, very good. And here's Dylan talking about the game this week. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us. So what are you worried about in this game? What are you stressing? What do you think the problem is for BYU? This could cost the Cougars the game. 
I worry about the consistency and the discipline that Boise State has played with forever. Forget athletic ability, right? Because BYU is apparently the underdog in athletic ability every single game that ever has been played in history. So I don't worry about athletic ability. I worry about them matching up with someone who is just as disciplined, who is just as physical, plays downhill. You can never count out Brian Harson and his team. Big picture, my biggest worry is that it is Boise State and it's at Albertson State. I was dealing Collie with DJ and PK, and he brings up Brian Harson. You know what, Boise? Maybe they're they're the the most impressive thing they've done uh, year or over the years. Gordon is the consecutive hiring of good coaches. Yes. Did I? I that probably didn't say. I said that kind of no, funky, no, you but, said it, you, but no, you said that exactly right. Uh-huh. To get it right over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, even your guy Chris Hill, who made some really good hires, there were some stinkers in there. And I don't know about Boise State, their basketball program as well, but with football, I mean, they've replaced a good coach with a good coach every single time, going way back to Dirk Cutter. Yeah, I agree with that. And completely. even before that. So Yeah, uh, and, then, and then what do we do? We wonder, oh, what happens when this guy goes away? Who, how can they find somebody, uh, a replacement that's just as good now? Well, and then they do it. They keep, they keep answering that question in the affirmative. And the only one that really left and had immediate success was Coach Pete. Because remember, remember was Dan Hawk. Was his success um, immediate? Oh, he was in the college football playoff in like his second year or something. Was I mean, that was okay. pretty. I have to go back and, and confirm. But yeah, his success was pretty immediate. Well, he was. Let me put it this way: he's the only one that that didn't get like canned within three years. I think Dirk Cutter made it four at Arizona State. But Dan Hawkins, you remember what he a uh, disaster he was at yes. Uh, Colorado? Yes, yes, I do. It's the oh. Big Twelve. <laughs> remember that epic rant? Yeah, and he put his I kid did. at quarterback, and his his kid was the worst quarterback you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just stole but, but, money from Colorado how for does, a few years. So, so okay, then explain that to our listeners. How. A guy like that can go from the success at Boise State to go to Colorado and just have it fall apart. It's the same coach. He has the same knowledge. Why Why can't he apply that at a new place and make it work? What's the hang-up? Maybe it's more about Boise itself than it is about the coach. Although Chris Peterson took what he, you know, his basically copycat of what he did at Boise up at Washington. Maybe that's why he had success. Maybe Dan Hawkins' ego was so big. He's like, well, all the all the winning was about me, and so we're going to do it my way. I don't know. Well, my suspicion is it must be environmental because the coach is the same, like we said. The methodology is the same. The recruiting pitches are the same. Right? I mean, if you can be successful, if, if you knew nothing about football, uh, Jake, and I came to you and I said, okay, Coach A is going to go to either Boise State or Colorado. Where will he have the most success? And you knew nothing. You would think Colorado, right? Well, yeah, especially because Colorado wasn't deep into its suckitude. Remember, they were still pretty good at the in, in the early 2000s. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I, I just thought maybe I'd ask you to see if you had any idea what the deal was. I know it, mu- it must be the environment there. It must be other factors. It must be emphasis or lack thereof on football. 
I, I bet there's some administration stuff. I don't yeah. I don't know, you know, the inner workings of the University of Colorado well enough to tell you, you know. But there's so many factors that, that go into that. I mean, look at look at a school like UCLA where they're they're fixated on supporting the basketball program and they don't the, the football program goes on the back burner, you know. That's just a kind of a cultural thing there. I don't know if some of the controversy surrounding Colorado, you know, twenty twenty some odd years ago. Um it, it, sparked a, you know reform in the administration and they just don't get the support I don't know but recently their struggles I think are are bad coaching hires yeah well that's yeah that that's a factor but if I'm a coach and I'm being hired at a new place especially a college uh, one of the first things I'm doing is and finding out about is uh, who are my boosters and where who's my Phil Knight do I have an Uncle Phil here? Well, there's, there's, there's got to be a Colorado version of, of Uncle Phil, right? You would Colorado's think so. a big school. You would think so. Well, you, you, I guess what you're saying, are who, whose pockets are the bribes going to come out of? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> no, your, your program needs money. And who's the school president and how much money am I going to be able to, to get in order to build my program? Because if you, if you have brains and you have a a successful formula and you have money you're gonna win well with boise uh i don't know i don't think it's about the money necessarily in boise i've heard a lot about the about the culture you know and having sustained coaches uh or good coaching that kind of keep the same thing going And, and you know what what boise really has done gordon they've identified quarterbacks They've had good quarterback play at Boise for a long, long time. Going back to, to Lloyd, you remember Big Z, Jared Zabransky? Uh, they always seem to find they've always seemed to find the good quarterbacks. Was it Zabransky that did the Statue of Liberty play? Was that him? Yes. Or was he before that? No, I'm pretty sure. Was that, that was him? Zabransky, yeah. Gordon, you remember? Yes. I think it was him. It was that him? I know it was Ian Johnson, the running back that proposed oh, to his yeah. girlfriend in the <laughs> uh in the end zone or whatever after the game. I wonder if they're still married. You know what? I They are, or at least they were as of a couple of years ago because he was hosting a sports radio show in Boise, and I went on it a couple of times. Oh, that really? was right around when Jessica started to pressure me about marriage. When she saw Ian Johnson, <laughs> she was like, Lloyd, see? See? Even Ian Johnson's doing it. Well, did you ask And yet you held out married? for another, like, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> did you ask him if he was still happily married? Oh, it came up somehow. All right. I, I think I brought it up. Uh, Not that well, I still... that, that just that just cracks me up. She saw that and then she turned the heat on you. Yeah, even more. Yeah, and it it it, it didn't work really until like I, ten I, years I, later. I was like an I said, artist you for a still long time. you still held out. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to get too personal here or anything like that. But how did she take it that you were so reluctant in that regard? Oh, she loved me regardless. Yeah, it's okay. She loves me for me, not because I look like Dirty Harry. I know, but <laughs> did uh, yeah, but d- didn't she want to see that maybe in uh, concrete terms? No, I said, I said, let's give it time. <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> I said, <laughs> forever is a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, you know, you, you got it done. You Trust it. me, I said I'm, it's worth the wait. You made Trust it happen. We, you made no, the drive we, to Vegas that one weekend and got up in front of Elvis and <laughs> yep. you know said your I do's. It was good. It got, well, we were it got all, twenty dollars we were... free at the, the the buffet in the slots. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, when it happened, not even you guys knew about it. Yeah, and we, well, I think, look, we were on her side. We were all trying to shame you into it. See what terrible friends you guys are? <laughs> I never tried to shame you into it, Lloyd. Thanks, I said, you Jake. be you, buddy. Yeah, you, you be, be you. you. You do your thing. It's working for you. It's working for you for sure. Yeah, but was it working for her? Uh, probably not, but whatever. <laughs> well, she's a free mind just because a very strong-willed yeah. woman. If it wasn't working for her, yeah. she'd be out. She'd be gone. Yeah, but I would hate. I would hate to see that. I told you, Gordon. She loves me for me. The, yeah, the, but see, that's what we were trying to prevent. We wanted you to be with her, and so we didn't want you to lollygag to the point where I was she with her. We it. were together. What are you talking about? What you want? The well, funny. Jake, wait, Jake just said that she's a strong woman who could get up and walk away whenever she wanted to, and so I was. We were concerned that that might happen. Well, if, if, you, I would, if you listen I to Hands of Scotty, it almost did happen once. <laughs> I wasn't concerned. Lloyd's quite charming. The funny, the funny story about uh, the funny story about Jessica is that none of us believe she existed because none of us met her for like the first five years. Lloyd worked here. He kept talking about her, like, "Oh yeah, Jessica and I did this," and we're like, "Lloyd, we've we've never even seen a picture of this woman." Like, I, I, I don't believe you that she exists. She actually, we, we joked about it on the air, and she actually came in studio one day to be like, here, here I I'm am. I'm here. I, I and we exist. Thought, and we thought, uh, we thought Lloyd hired her? No, we didn't think she was a person. <laughs> oh, I think I, that's what you said. I thought you were going to say something else. No, no, we didn't think she was real. <laughs> You know, like uh, no, you know, there. you know, like uh, the kid you went to high school with who who was like, I've got a girlfriend. Oh, who? What's her name? Well, you wouldn't know her. She goes to a different school. <laughs> that 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 guy was making that up. All right, Lloyd. For all our, our all the guys out there listening right now who haven't uh, come to that uh, point yet, what flipped the switch for you? Do you really want to know? Yeah. Well. You know, I'm not getting into this. Yeah, let's do, let's, <laughs> yeah. Not, let's not. I'm not going to get into this. Why are you raking no. Lloyd over the coals? Yeah, I'm not raking him over the coals. I thought it would be a happy story. I, I just wondered what starts what, off by acting like he's my friend to start the show, and now he's now look, now look what he's here, doing. Here. I just, I, no, I just wondered why you know because Lloyd was was uh, what's the word? You were contemplative. No, you were, there was you, no you, contemplating. You were... I was just like I was like I was like, hey, let's let's take it slow. Here, 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 I'll tell you the story. By Gordon. slow, I mean let's wait for. 12 years. Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe 13 or 14. Here, here's the story for you, Gordon. Jessica sent uh, uh, hints, and over time they get stronger. And when she finally bought a gun, Lloyd was like, wow, maybe we should go down to City Hall. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time I got into the car and, and there was this a ring box? Yeah. And it like, literally, my, th- my stomach went up into my throat, and I'm like, I couldn't even breathe. I said, what's this? Um, no, I, I'm not going to say what happened after that because it wasn't pretty. Oh. Speaking of that, the 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 funniest interaction I've seen between Lloyd and Jessica. So Lloyd's a big prankster. Again, uh, tease, Mike from IT story coming up at 3.50. Uh, Lloyd also <laughs> notoriously doesn't like going to weddings, and uh, it makes that uh, opinion known. And uh, Jessica's sister was getting married. Is that right? 
Uh, so Jessica's sister was getting married, and Lloyd's like, watch this. This would be really funny. And he calls Jessica, <laughs> puts it on speaker, and goes, Jessica, I've got some bad news. Um, just found out I uh, I have to work. Uh, Jake's uh, making me cover Utah. <laughs> Southern Illinois. <laughs> On the day of, of your sister's <laughs> wedding, so I can't go. Oh, don't then, tell me. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, no, no, no. Just silence after that. Like, like dead silence. <laughs> and then Lloyd, after like a, a few seconds, realizes like, okay, this, this, I, I thought she would react. So Lloyd goes, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I can go. I'm just kidding. Ha, 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 ha. And Jessica goes, we'll talk about this later. Click. Click. <laughs> You are toast. Lloyd, story. No, Lloyd, Lloyd looks up, looks down at the phone, looks up at me, and he goes, "That was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a terrible idea." <laughs> it oh, like that a went good poorly. Idea at the time. <laughs> it did. I thought it'd be funny. I thought because I was like, "Man, I can, I can. We'll see how how far I can go up with this." And it, so, uh, it ended so, quickly. So, how long have you been married now, Lloyd? Uh let's see. <laughs> Two years, I think. Two years, I think. So two years. Two years. Of, it's of, been uh, longer than that, two, hasn't two, it? I thought it was no, longer than I think that it's too, two. But... I think we just barely celebrated year number two. Okay, so yeah. uh, so two years of marital bliss. So I guess my question then, do, what advice? And I've only forgot one of those. What, what, <laughs> what advice do you have for our listeners who are, are, are thinking about this kind of major commitment? Uh, you know what? Take it slow. Take it slow. Take it <laughs> easy. Take it slow. Get what else do you get from me? Take it slow. Get to know each other. Make sure she's the right one. And if <laughs> oh, and and how about this one? Uh, don't propose in a parking lot like somebody we know. Oh, well, yeah. Know. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. I yeah, mean, I it's not not romant romantic to take a knee between <sighs> the you know <laughs> the, the Pinto uh, and yeah, the Chevy do Vega. Don't do that. And pull, <laughs> pull out a ring. Especially when, when you were in a very romantic spot the night before and you chickened out. Oh, man. Just picturing Living Gordon like, a, like an old beat-up work truck on his right <laughs> and a Volkswagen Beetle on his left. Lisa, <laughs> will you make me the happiest man in this parking lot? <laughs> All right, we're way over. Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. The question of the morning, BYU, now firmly inside the top 10 in the polls. Where can they top out at? How high can they go, PK? I'm not talking about BYU getting into the playoff. I just don't see that. I just don't see where they're going to allow it. But I view Boise and San Diego State as solid tests. If they win both these games, those are huge wins, and they should move up. Now, obviously, if they lose, that puts a major dent in it. It's like the balloon is out of air. If BYU wins, wins out and beats these two very good ball clubs and gets a nice P5 opponent in a bowl game and wins that. If I'm a BYU fan, I'm good to go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 
it's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, you, you enjoy being the, the moral authority of the show. Uh, let me ask you about something, a sports story that's out there. Can I just enjoy this music for one second? I do like America. This was Gordon's request. It's a total request Tuesday. At Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Lloyd Cole Zone. Uh, zone. Takes, me, takes me back to my days, my younger days in high school and college. This is a great song. I like America. You know, you and I were supposed to go see an American concert, and I can't remember why we didn't. it didn't end up happening. I think it got canceled or something. Uh, real quick, here's here's this story, and and All tell right. me tell me if people are overreacting or if this is bad form on uh, on the part of the Warriors. All right, okay. the Warriors revealed a new jersey that that they're uh, going to use. You know, like the special jerseys you use once in a while, like the City mm-hmm. Edition or whatever. Right. It's their Oakland Forever jersey, and it's got oh. Oakland on it. Now, this has become controversial because the Warriors just left Oakland last year, and uh, they still, uh, they're still they in a lawsuit with the city over $40 million. <laughs> so uh, uh, this article I found uh, uh, put together a lot of uh, really bothered Oaklanders. Is that right? Oaklanders? Oakland, Oaklandites? Sounds Oakland Indians uh, that are that are really really cranky about uh, this so-called tribute. Like you can uh, you can take your tribute and put it where the sun don't shine. That type of thing. So what do you think? Are are, are fans or or people living in Oakland overreacting, or is this bad form on the the Warriors' part? It strikes me as being disingenuous on the part of the Warriors. It does. Uh, Oakland, you got to understand, Oakland's a city that uh, in the Bay Area has always sort of been in the backseat, you know, and, and that doesn't really, everyone talks about the Bay Area in San Francisco. Who talks about Oakland? Uh, I don't know. I have a friend who lives in Oakland, seems to like it. Well, I mean, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's a bad place. I'm just saying that it plays second fiddle. And so now that they've lost their team to San Francisco, uh, I can see why they might be a little sensitive about that. And their football team now in Vegas, yeah, it's it's a little rough on those folks there. Yeah, Oakland forever? Well, why do you even say that? Could you? They're not at- in Oakland anymore. Could you look at it from the a- angle that the franchise is trying to um, keep uh, keep their Oakland fans within the fold? Uh, like, hey, we're <laughs> we're not there anymore, but we still love you. We're still we're just across the bridge. Come on over. That's like the ex who stiffs you and says, "Let's be friends." No, it's not because it, it it'd be one thing if the franchise moved to you know somewhere else like like you know in this case they moved they moved across the the, love love interest picked a different sister kind of that's all one big city oh i don't think that's the way the people there look at it yeah but anyway i could see why because it's it's possible for their fans to still support the team don't have to abandon those fans. Yeah, they to... are called they are called the Golden State. Warriors, right, You're still so... trying to keep those fans as fans. But it might here. Here's my critique. Maybe a little bit too soon. Maybe a little <laughs> yeah, bit too I... soon. Maybe you, you you let them get used to the new arrangement for a minute. Yeah, I, I think that that was that was not a wise choice. 
on uh, somebody's part. But I get it why they would not want to, you know, they want to they want to keep those fans. They've always been kind of a Bay Area team. Yeah, but Oakland forever? Oakland forever. Forever lasted what? 20 years, 30 years? Now I would be bothered by the increased ticket you know, ticket prices and those sorts of things, which comes from moving to downtown San Francisco. I bet they have irritated some, some, you know, of their more blue collar fans for sure. It's some, downright Larry Scott. Like it is a little out of touch. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's a touch too soon. Yeah. I, I, you I know, like the, like, <laughs> like how at the time the jazz mountain jerseys, you, you kind of didn't like, but when they brought them back for retro this year, you're like, wow, those were awesome. Yeah, that's that's funny how you're, it does sort of the animosity. Remember, when those uniforms first came out, some people really liked them, but many people missed the old ones. And then when you when you mothball them for a while and suddenly they come back, they're classic. Now. Yeah, there's, there's now nostalgia attached, right? So give yeah. it a few years and then have the nostalgia attached and be like, hey, we're still true Oakland at heart. You know. Okay, so I want you to consider this. I'll go back to my original analogy, okay? So, you're Jake, you're married to uh you're married to Nancy. Okay? And Nancy has a beautiful beautiful sister named Jennifer. And after being uh having a relationship uh, all those years, you decide, "Hey, you know, Jennifer really I like her better." So you, you you blow off Nancy and you go to Jennifer and then you wear a button on your lapel that says Nancy forever. How can that possibly be seen as being genuine? Because we're talking about a sports team, not a human relationship. Well, well, don't talk to fans that way. Ask Lloyd how he feels about the Raiders. I bet it feels pretty human to him. He loves the Raiders still. What are you talking about? I know, but he doesn't live in Oakland. So that's a terrible example then. No, it's a perfect example. He's detached from that city. I mean, but if you live in Oakland, that's 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 a part of who you are. But the Warriors didn't move to Vegas. They moved to San Francisco. It'd be like if the Jazz moved to Sandy. You don't under, no, you don't understand the rivalry there between those two cities. Oakland is the blue collar town and San Francisco is uh I'm aware is fancy schmancy. I'm aware. But basketball's for all, Gordon. No, that's not the way fans view these things, Jake. I know you, you make fun of your friends when their teams lose and you don't think it means anything, but it does to them. No, it doesn't. Not really. Not in actual human feelings. <sighs> Lloyd. Do you have human feelings toward the Raiders? Uh, sure. Like, I love the Raiders. What do you mean? Okay, Lloyd gets mad when the Raiders lose, but it doesn't ruin his life. Well, I'm not saying it ruin anybody's That's life. That's what I'm saying. It's not real. It's not real feeling. It's it not is real. real human relationship. It feels real. It's sports. It's entertainment. Why do you think people pay the money they do to see these things? Why do you think they buy the jerseys? Why do you think they wear the hats? Why, why do they do all that? They get attached. I agree, but it's not like a marriage, Gordon. It's not, well, I mean, it's not yeah, something it's, as serious it, as but that. But it is a it is a relationship, kind of. It is. Come it's, on, it's like, I'm it's, the non fan. 
And I know this. It's the. It's I mean, a how would you feel? How would you feel if your expos moved from Montreal to what? Oh wait, it crushed um, me. No, but it, it's it's the same relationship that you have with Porsche. I mean, we have it with other things too. Porsche uh, is pronounced. Porsche. I only have one Porsche. All right, uh, sure. coming up next, the famous so Mike they, from. So, so, so I get a Porsche tat. See exactly. That, I think wait, I the answer already did have one. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that is one hundred percent. I think I even got a picture of you <laughs> with it. Uh, We've got to think of some sort of classic audio. With Lloyd here and his his memory of all the great audio drops, you got to come up with something good for Drop of the Day at 5.30. We're going to have the mic from IT story coming up next. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country. I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country. I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country. I'm gonna eat a lot of Big peaches. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, Austin not with us today. Lloyd's filling in. And uh, Lloyd and Austin... Well, let, let me put it this way, Gordon. Uh, Lloyd, uh, Lloyd's a bit of a prankster. Yes, he is. He, he is. As we already discussed earlier. He's incredible <laughs> at keeping a straight face. I, it really is remarkable. It's a talent of yours. You have the best poker face I've ever seen. And uh, let's tell this story because you got Austin once in, in just an, an epic prank of sorts. Yeah, so so we were discussing a movie. Uh, in fact, The Chase is what it was called with... Uh, Oh, what is her name? Uh, Christy Swanson. Yeah. And uh, wasn't it Tiger Tiger Blood, dude? Yes. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And we were discussing a certain scene in the movie, which Um, isn't even that bad. No, it's 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 perfectly fine. Right. There's no, you know, there's no nudity, but it's a little racy. It's a perfectly fine scene. I mean, a little dangerous. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely dangerous. A little dangerous, maybe. But we, so we, I said, I said, oh, the scene, the, the scene is because he's like, oh, Christy Swanson, she's not very cute. I'm like, oh, she's cute. We were just, you know, there's we this debating. epic we, scene in the movie. Scene. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, it's, trust me. So I said, I said, trust me. Google this scene. It's awesome. So he googled it, and it brought up all sorts of inappropriate material, nefarious sites, like yeah. really bad. Bad sites because it was the way he Googled it. His, his like, choice yeah, of words, his yeah. choice of words was not was not probably how you should <laughs> how you should search for something, uh, uh. especially not at work. Uh, so I said, "Oh man!" He hurried up and he exed out of everything. Like he closed the computer. He pretty much shut it off. Like he pulled the plug on it. Yeah. Like, much. oh no, <laughs> no. So, so I went into the one of the other studios. We have all these phones that can you can call each other. Inter you know, office phones. Inter- yeah. yeah. These. 
uh, in-studio phones where we can call one call another Serena if we need Network. something. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so I called him. I said, and this was, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes after the fact. And I said, I said, Hi, is this, uh, is this the, the zone? And he, Austin goes, oh, yeah, this is Austin. I said, oh, yeah, this is Mike with IT. How are you? <laughs> and he goes, um, fine. What's going on? And he goes, uh, yeah, so I was kind of noticing some of the things that you were, were searching for uh, on the, in the old, the old Google. And I'm sorry, but those are things. I'm going to have to turn you in. <laughs> those, those are things that we, that, that we cannot be, you know, you can't, you can't be searching. It's, I mean, it's my job to sit back and, and, and watch for things like this. And this, red, this is a red flag. And so Austin goes, oh, no, we were, it, was for, it was show prep. We were trying to figure something out. And I said, I said, huh, let's see. You know, this whatever, the love scene or whatever. <laughs> and Austin goes, and he also goes, it was Lloyd. It was Lloyd Cole. <laughs> right when he brought up the one, because I knew exactly what he searched. Said like the love scene or whatever, something like that in, in, in the chase. And he goes, right when I brought that up, exactly the word for word of what he was searching. He goes, it was Lloyd. It was Lloyd. And I said, yeah, well, it's, is he, is he on the board right now? Is, or is he, is this your show? And he goes, yeah, no, it's my show. I said, yeah, well, that's so it's, you're responsible for this. So uh, I think we found out how how quick uh, Austin would. Well, didn't you didn't you keep it going? Didn't you come in and and Austin was like Lloyd, you've got to tell them. You got I just got off oh. the phone with it. You you've got to tell they, they want to fire I me. Said, I said Austin, you're fine. Don't worry about. It. We'll be good. Don't worry about it. You didn't. We didn't even click on any of the links. It was bad. You you hurry up and next out. He's like yes, but this guy called me and he wants to know. <laughs> Lloyd, you should have you should have said, uh, okay, look, Austin, I'll take care of this, but uh, but I need you to do me a few favors. <laughs> yeah, and then he he would be in your pocket. That's you, a good point. You'd yeah. be in my debt. That's yes. a very godfather thing. I do you a favor. That, yeah, you do me a favor. But then you oh, eventually yeah. told him, and Austin was like, "Wow, I really threw you under the bus there, didn't I?" I was like, yeah, I, I said, "Obviously, I know how fast you do that." He goes, "He goes, dang right, dang right, I would, and I do it again." It's like, come on, Austin. We got each other's backs. Not when it comes to my job. (laughs) It was Lloyd. It was Lloyd. Lloyd Cole. I'm sitting over there and I hear stuff like, oh, man. Oh, this is so funny. Yeah, what's under your watch? Do you think most offices have these types of shenanigans or is is sports radio just special? Oh, I, I bet it happens. Yeah, I think so. I would hope I so. I think there's a lot it, of pranks that go on. It's what keeps work lively. I'll, I've I'll pranked throw, in I'll every throw. every job that I've been that I've done. I've done pranks. Absolutely. Well, you're really good at it. That's I mean, Lloyd does keep that straight face, and you're not quite sure if it weren't Lloyd. See, you you call BS on practically everything he says now, Jake, because you know him. Yeah, I know. He's no, he still gets me though. He is he is the boy who cried cried wolf. But like like I made the mistake ten years ago of forgetting that I was on remote and showing up to the studio and having to like zoom out of here to get to my remote. So now every time I come into the studio, I'm greeted with Lloyd. Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Didn't you didn't you know you're on remote today? Are you are you are, aren't you in Orem? What's going on? Jake, you do you, okay. You do the schedule, so I shouldn't be able to pull that on you. <laughs> this was long. 
a long time ago. You do that more than anybody I know, by the way. It's happened like once. W- one time? One time. One time. It's happened at least 10. Now, every time I see, what are you doing here? So what do are you in the studio? Do you, do you, do you not know you're on remote? Do you think the prankster in every office is treated uh, with uh, a certain kind of disdain? <laughs> or do you See, this is this is why him? Lloyd deserves all the crap we get him, give him, because of stuff like this. What are you doing here, dude? Why yeah, well, I, I've you know turned. I don't. I don't. I'm actually tried not to do this stuff anymore. <laughs> That's not true. No, really. At least you don't take it to the length that Hans does, where he calls his wife to say that his son mm. fell under the ice while ice fishing. Yeah, no, I won't do that. That's, oh, that, that is amazing. Yeah, he's error. literally, he has called Amanda and said, Rock fell under the, in, in the uh, lake under the ice. Oh, I to get him out. We're headed to the hospital right now. That is so inappropriate. That's not, <laughs> that is terrible. I could, I could never get away with that. No, I, and I wouldn't go home after saying, oh, I'm just kidding. No, that's... that's. I think I'm not oh, going to go home at all. That's getting divorced yeah. right there. That's Probably. That, is. Yeah. that ain't working. So we do, uh, we do sort of a, a bet on who thinks that uh, it's going to last? Lloyd's lack of pranking? No. Hans's w- marriage. Well, this happened a while ago, yeah. so... <laughs> I think it's going to... I think it's I think here he's to all stay. Right. Yeah. I think he's all right. If she can handle that, then good on Amanda, because... Uh, oh, yeah. He, Hans has done some awful things. <laughs> he like he like called. In fact, I have a, like a drop of here of him saying, "Hey, honey, it's Hans." And he's like, and she's like, "Hello." She's like, "I'm in an accident." Yeah, I remember um, that. Um, yeah, I'm like, "Geez, man." You know what? The funniest part of that though is is that he identifies himself <laughs> on the phone with his it's wife. Hans. Hey, honey, it's Hans. <laughs> oh, really? I like, who know. else would it be? <laughs> the problem with what Hans is doing though. Is if anything ever bad happens to him and he needs help, then Amanda's just going to laugh him off. Like, I'll get out of here. I hope that doesn't happen. He's running that risk, though. It's true. And now, next time I really do forget (laughs) forget that I'm on remote and I come in here and Lloyd's like, what are you doing here? I'm going to be late. Yeah, that's what that was from, that honey. Right? (laughs) Oh man! I think some of these drops have, 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 are not on here, but I used to have the one where he goes, "It's hands." It's hands. <laughs> I've been in an accident. See, I could never pull that off. I just I couldn't keep it going. Lloyd, that's a real talent you have. I I couldn't do it. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get together for some poker tonight, huh, Gordon? Bring a lot of money. <laughs> oh man! Don't have a good poker face, huh? Nope. You're you're the guy when he has a full house has a grin from ear to ear. No, I can do that. I just can't. I I, I could do. I can do the poker thing. I just can't do. I can't. I can't do that to someone I know and and keep it going because I feel too bad for him. You're the guy who has a good hand, and every time somebody ta- <laughs> your opponents, as soon as they take a look at you, they just go, "I fold." <laughs> Oh, I can pull that off. That's when, when you're playing. Uh, when you're playing draw, you get the card you need on the draw, and everybody at the table. Knows. Hi, baby. Hi. It, it's Hans. <laughs> Hi, baby. Of course, what, this this is the day hands. and age of cell phones. I know. What, what came next? What did he say after that? Oh, this is what he said. I, I don't have the whole thing anymore, but oh. it, this is when he said, "I've been in an accident," and she goes, and he's like, "I swear." <laughs> 
just like the, hey, baby, it's Hans. I mean, like, just like a telemarketer is calling her baby. <laughs> hey, baby. Hi, baby. Hi. It, it's Hans. It's Hans. <laughs> hey, oh, baby. Really? This is, uh, this is uh, Dan Jones polling. I swear. <laughs> About that hey. extended car warranty you have. <laughs> I swear. Oh, man. So what did she do? She caught on pretty yeah, she quick. Didn't, she didn't uh, buy it at all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, just the it's Hans alone should have given that one away. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure you are. That, that was right when he said I, I've been in an accident. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, coming sure. up next, we're going to talk to Matt Williamson. He's our NFL insider, uh, part, uh, part of uh, Locked On NFL podcast. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.